You are now tuned in to the Get Rich or Die podcast with your host, Drago, where we talk to entrepreneurs and hustlers of all stripes to talk about exactly how they made something out of nothing. Hey everyone, what's up and welcome to the first Get Rich or Die podcast. I am your host, D to the R-E, Drega. You can just call me Dre, you can call me Drega, you can call me Andre, however you know me, you can call me by that. And the reason why I started this show, you know, I got to at least get into the genesis of how the show started, is because I've been an entrepreneur for the last 10 years. I've done it all, and I'm an artist too, so you know, there's a very entrepreneurial aspect to being an artist and producer as well. And I just love hearing stories about how people came up and exactly how they did it. So my hope in this podcast is to ask all the juicy questions about exactly how they got from point A to point B. Like, how did how did they lift off? You know what I mean? So we're not going to talk too much about the successes, but we're going to talk about how they got there. Yeah, so today I have a great guest with me. His name is Jason Wong. He is the creator of the Meme Bible. He has He's a social influencer as well. He's got like 1.2 million followers on tumblr uh and he seems like a hilarious dude i heard his podcast on the shopify masters and i was like i gotta i gotta talk to this guy he seems hilarious so i love hilarious dudes um i kind of relate to some of the stuff he's been doing in his life so i want to get to know you so what's up jason how you doing i'm good how are you andres i'm good i'm good um so how, where, do, where do you live right now uh, i'm currently in irvine california it's about south of la 45 minutes and yeah, um, I lived here for about a year now. Where were you living before, before this? Uh, I, I've been traveling a lot around, you know, Toronto. I lived around Florida, Oklahoma, New York. But I was originally from Hong Kong. Okay, okay. So, yeah, because we have a huge Asian population here in Toronto. Shout out to oh, all yeah. the Asians. Uh, and so let me ask you, before we really get into this, what phone are you using right now? Uh, iPhone Seven Plus. How, how many how many gig storage on that? One twenty eight. How did I know that? I knew, I already knew that. <laughs> I knew that. And do you just use that? You just you don't have, you don't have a laptop. You're just straight doing all the business from the phone. Yeah, I, I run everything on my phone. Dope. That's so dope. That's twenty seventeen for y'all kids. And how old are you, by the way? I'm nineteen. Ni- nineteen years old. Mm. Oh my god. Okay, so uh, you're the creator of the Meme Bible. Uh, for people who don't know what that is, I know, I know, every, I hope everyone listening knows what a meme is. But could you tell everyone what the meme Bible is? Well, essentially, it's a collection of what I believe was 2016's most, most iconic uh, memes. And what I did was that I turned them into children's activity book. So you know, if you've ever been a kid before, you have done children's activity like word search, yeah. um, connect the dots maze color the you know color these animals color these words icons patterns so what i did was that i turned something that was something so prevalent in our society today which is internet memes and i turned it into an activity that i believe everyone recognizes so the meme bible is 16 pages of different meme uh, meme activities um i have you know the rare pepe i have Donald Trump related memes, that boy memes, Harambe memes, of course, and just, you know, a bunch more that I believe you'll recognize once you look at them. Uh, how did you come up with this idea? Because it seems really weird that 
you would take memes and then turn them into a coloring book and then sell that. Right. So that's the whole idea is to create something that I, I wouldn't call it innovative, but something that no one has ever done before. Because when you come up with a product, there's really no point in printing, um, you know, data or content into a medium that everyone is doing. Like, what's the point of printing a frog onto a t-shirt when yeah. everyone else can do that? Yeah. But what if you, you know, turn a commodity like memes into a medium that's rare, like books? Because, you know, these two things usually never go hand in hand. Yeah. Memes are created in the digital world and books always or, you know, for the longest time has been in the physical world. So by integrating these two um, ideas together is how you create something that makes people go, wow, maybe I should check this out because I've never heard of something like this yeah. before. Yeah, I like that idea. Uh, it's something like uh, I use a similar idea with when I try to come up with businesses or ideas. I try to think of something that's so ridiculous. And because because right. it's like if it makes me laugh and feel so ridiculous, then it actually could work because like we just, we know all know what coloring books are and they're kind of like whatever. Right. And then you, memes right. are, are something that's in, a little interesting, I guess. And you put those two together mm -hmm. and it's so ridiculous that it's amazing. You know, it's like it's a great gift. I think you did. I think you dropped it in during Christmas, like this this project. Right. Oh, yeah. I, I time everything to christmas well actually yeah. i didn't really do a great timing i could have done it earlier yeah but i was able to rush everything into um the christmas window so thankfully that helped a lot with the sales so yes. but, yeah like, so you just dropped like this said, yeah 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 dropped i dropped it in, on december 3rd just december 3rd like 2016 yeah. yeah like you know most people start their christmas promotions early november i did it on december 3rd and i sold out on the first day and how how many did you sell? Um, first day I sold two hundred and fifty copies. Yeah. Um, by the end of the week, I sold about ten thousand copies. Ten thousand copies of a coloring book. Yep. Oh my god, that's ridiculous! <laughs> and in the whole month, how many have you done? You did. Um, I, I think we're around like twenty k ish now. 20, over 20,000 copies of a coloring book sold. Like, I would like to know how much like a normal coloring book so, sells, you know? Like, um, around, around that same price. But the thing is, a normal coloring book are usually like, you know, 50, 80 pages long. Yeah. Um, they're more complex, takes more time to do. This, this whole project took me about six, seven days to put together, like wow. compiling, compiling the designs together, finding the printer, getting it printed. Everything took me six seven days total. Uh, that that um, that's a good quote i uh, reminds me of like move fast and break things so that's something like i i really get from you like you just like went in and you just did everything step by step by step right because i mean like from a business perspective it makes sense to you know take a step back and look at the environment study it and then you know try to do things go by plan but I, I realized that, you know, while that's a good idea, we are in a situation where time is really valuable. An extra day gone means someone else already bought something for Christmas and yeah. the mean Bible is no longer an option. Yeah. So what I did was that, you know, I dropped it in the beginning of December. I priced it at $9.99, which I think is a very reasonable price for someone to give for a Christmas present. Yeah. Um, and so this targets people... 
um, who are doing Christmas shopping early on in December, but it also gives room for people to do shopping for late Christmas gift shopping. So we were getting, you know, sales up until two, three days before Christmas. Oh my gosh. Were, and, you, were you stressed yeah. about the delivery time? I, I, I offer overnight delivery. Oh, so they have to pay extra the... Yeah, yeah. So I, okay. I gave. Um, so what I did was that initially I didn't, you know, I didn't expect this overwhelming amount of responses and sales. Yeah. So I wanted to do everything myself, and it, this was during finals time. So because I'm still in college right now. Oh my god. Um, so what I did was I dropped finals completely. I just, you know, drop drop school completely and I oh, focus on this. Yeah, I think that's um, the right move. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> is it a good decision? I can't, you know, attest to that yet. It's whatever, but it's really about opportunities being present in front of you right now and taking it seizing the opportunity yeah. so you're 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 giving me the option to you know drop the business and take five finals this week or you know get back to the business and make 100 create this week right? i think i think you did the right move you know what i mean uh, you're gonna learn a lot yeah, more right. from dropping I mean, this it's, it's really it's really about how people look at the return on in investments yeah. like you know instant gratification yeah if you do this right now you get 100k at the end of the week but if you take this exam and go through this degree you get you know a return on your investment in four years so that's how i looked at it yeah. when i was trying to just how, how did how did your parents feel about this because i know asian parents could be real strict about school and stuff like that oh yeah i mean like well i guess like my parents are kind of um relaxed in terms of letting me do what i want to do because yeah. Oh, I, I guess like I have always been a person to give results rather than asking for permission. So I love that. Since I was really young, I didn't ask, "Hey, mom, can I do business? And can I borrow five thousand dollars?" Yep. I I'm more of like, "Here's five thousand dollars that I make from my business." Um, you know. Don't ask. Don't ask. For, like, don't ask for permission. Ask for forgiveness. Yeah, and you know, sometimes you don't even need to ask for forgiveness because you're succeeding already. <laughs> oh yeah, of course. So that that's really my move in terms of you know moving forward on doing things. So when you ask, does my parents care? Yes, they care about my grades, but I think they put more trust into me on doing what I think is best for myself. Oh man, you're on a, you're on another level for a 19 year old. <laughs> uh, and okay, so now it's one thing to have the zany idea, the ridiculous idea. But it's a whole other thing to market it. Because I see a lot of people, they have really great ideas and they even have a really great product, but they have no clue how to market it. You know, they try to do FB ads and then they fail or they try to do Google right. AdWords or Instagram ads or whatever and they fail. So how did you market the meme Bible? Because you must have hit a lot of eyeballs to get 20,000 sales. You must have hit like over a million eyeballs to get that, that many sales if you like figure conversion rates and stuff like that. Yeah, we were getting about 2 million impressions every day on our advertisements. Oh my um, gosh. How did you yeah, how on, did you do that? On, so at, at least at the least 2 million. Um at, at most I would say like, you know, well this is just like based on impressions, not like page views or anything. It's just, you know, people that saw it. Oh, and okay. Through from the data that we gathered from Twitter, um because Twitter's the only thing that we can see impressions on. Yeah. Um besides Facebook and I didn't really run Facebook ads. Okay. So yeah, as you know, I'm a Tumblr influencer, so naturally I have 1.2 mil, yeah. at, you know, to use at my disposal. Yeah. Um. So I started with that because from the very beginning, I started with 450 dollars. That's all I had, 450. For the book pressing. Um, yeah. So the 450 was yeah. used towards 
um, buy 250 copies of the book, which which is why I told you I only sold 250 copies initially, not yeah. because you know that's all I could sell, because that was all I could afford to buy. So um, you know, it, it's a business idea. Like I told you, it's so ridiculous that I didn't even trust myself to yeah. buy more because yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I didn't know that. how to react. So I bought 250 copies for uh, $450, and then I used my own marketing um, platform to market the book. Um, sold out the whole day, made 5K, um, invested half into buying more inventory, invested the other half into marketing. And, you, you know, with that half, which is um, $2,500, I put it into Instagram, Twitter, and Tumblr. Oh, um, so you put ads, you bought ads on Twitter? Yeah, so buying ad spots. Um, you bought, you bought I'm what? not sure how familiar you are with that, but it's essentially working with influencers to put your um, tweets and pictures onto their accounts. Oh, okay. Yeah, so there, there's that one, that's Twitter, and then um, I was doing, you know, on average, one one or two million impressions every day on Twitter, just alone on Twitter. Um, Tumblr, I was doing massive ads. Um, I think I was doing, hmm, on Tumblr, I think I was doing two, around two million impressions as well. So you took out Apparently, ads on Tumblr as yeah. well? Or was it just through third-party social influencers? Um, through, through Tumblr. Oh, so they have an ad, ad native ad system on Tumblr. I didn't really know that. Oh, actually, no, no. Uh, I take that back. Um, they have a native ad um, implementation, yeah. but their minimum requirement is 25K okay. to be yeah. invested into it. Okay, okay. Uh, me being an influencer myself, I know other influencers, so I just start you know, hitting them up and, hey, can you post this for me? I'll pay you through PayPal, stuff like that. So, so, there's so, that. How, did, so how did they they you, they like drive the traffic because I I've seen I find on on Tumblr it's hard to drive traffic to different places, you know. Right. So that that's the magic of being a Tumblr influencer because no one knows how to work your platform like you do, mm-hmm. and it makes your knowledge really you know valuable. So a lot of people are flocking to Twitter because it's such an easy platform to yeah. become an influencer on. That yeah. Everyone just kind of undermines the value of. Tumblr, and I said this many times before, even you know, to Forbes, is that Tumblr is a multi-million-dollar marketing industry that no one takes a look at, no one talks about it. So the idea is that um, I've been on Tumblr since I was fourteen, fifteen, so I kind of know yeah. every single working of the website. Yeah. But you know, everyone can learn that overnight. But it's really about understanding the mindset of the people on the website. Yeah. Um, creating content and writing the words and using the pictures that they relate to and they can understand and they're more compelled to share. And that's what you want. You want to pay for, you want to pay for a thousand impressions, but get shared enough that it will get shared organically 9,000 times. So you want to get, you know, you, you pay yeah. for one, you get 10. Definitely. Yeah. So that's the idea that I want to do for Tumblr. Um, so what I did was that I made all my advertisements seem like memes itself. Yeah. So people are sharing the post because of the variety, because you know the post is interesting, not because the post is an advertisement. Yeah. Because no one shares advertisements. For sure. But they like to share interesting stuff. But what if the interesting stuff is an indirect advertisement of the product? That's right. So right. how, how so, did you? How long have you? So you've been on Tumblr since you were fifteen. So I, I guess five years now. So, yeah. to, so anyone listening, it's not like he made 200000 in one month. It's more oh, like yeah. it took five years to, to come up to this point because then he finally f- like figured out, I'm going to monetize my Tumblr, right? Because is this your first time trying to monetize your Tumblr? or? 
Have you been? Oh well, like you know, be- before this, I was running you know traditional advertisements, working with third parties. Um, I have a social media marketing firm myself. So, in terms of like two hundred k in sales, yes, I did that in one month. Yeah, but um, the skills and experience leading up to it was built. Throughout the years, so yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I don't want anyone to think like, because I know some old people they might hear this and be like, "Oh, these kids can make millions off the internet," but it's not really <laughs> like it's not really like that. It takes years to really like get your craft right. Like you had to really like, because uh, I assume on Tumblr, were you coming up with your own memes or just reposting other memes or or doing a bit of both in your account? Um, a, a little mixture of both actually. So a lot. of people when they call themselves tumblr or social media influencers it's mm-hmm. essentially just reposting what people yeah. do it's like, like they're they're curating content yeah. and there's nothing wrong with that inherently mm-hmm. i i just like to put myself more in front and start creating stuff that i think is funny yeah and then mixing it or maybe taking inspiration into from current trends and you know just doing a mixture of both i i, I find it more fun and I, I find it more robotic to just, hey, I'm going to pick this post, I'm going to pick this post, I'm going to put that together, I'm going to post that at 3 p.m., yeah. the next one at 4 p.m. It seems really repetitive. Yeah. And I guess, like, for me, I like to live a lifestyle where there's constant changes every day yeah. and there's really no repetitiveness. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I had a I had a Tumblr on, on there and it was popping off. It was called Kanye Problems. And, yeah. and I would, uh, it was kind of like just talking about Kanye's problems and memes and it was just all my own content. But after a right. while, it kind of gets like a little repetitive in, in coming up, trying to come up with a new thing. It's like trying to come up with a new hit, you know? Uh, oh yeah. So how, it's, how, it's do, really how do you, how do you, and you put your hashtags there, of course, and that helps a lot spread your stuff. But how did mm-hmm. you, did you reach out, you know, in the early stages when you were trying to build up that Tumblr? Cause getting it to 1.2 million is crazy. Like. I think I got mine up to maybe 60,000 and I thought that was insane or something like, you know? <laughs> right. Um, well, you know, the honest truth is that you really cannot make it into the influencer circle without knowing someone within the circle. And I mean, if you ever do, props to you, but that takes years. Yeah. The, e- the easiest ways to get into it and most influencers can, you know, attest to this is that you need to know someone from the inside. Um, it's it's really about you you know like the standard shout out for shout out promotion for promotion. Mm-hmm. It's the idea. It's like you trade your you trade your influencers for another person's influence. Yeah, and you know you help each other. It's like a ladder. You help each other get up there. Yeah. Um, so that's the easiest explanation I can give to you is that I had help <laughs> getting up there. Okay, so that was the good Kermit Frog thing you did. So what was the evil Kermit Frog thing you did to build that Tumblr? Um. <laughs> If you know what I'm saying. <laughs> oh, yeah, there's plenty. I mean, two people can't be at the top at the same time. So you always have to um, just do more. Like, whatever you, whatever you learn, whatever people teach you, you, you take it and then you add, you know, you, you add some salt, you add some sugar to it, and you make it better than them. Um, sometimes you have to take content. Sometimes you have to steal stuff. Yeah. But, I, I, you know, I didn't do that. I just I, I that's why I grow really slow compared to other people yeah. in terms of like the social media influence is that I, I stopped being competitive about it yeah. since years ago. I just um, I like to take a step back and just talk to the people directly, start building relationships rather than building a number. Yeah. Which is why it's kinda at one point two million rather than like two, three million. Yeah. Um 
I mean, it's and so that's impressive. why I never really make a lot of money off Tumblr either, is because I I didn't I was like a I was really big against advertisements initially. Yeah. Um, I I hated advertisements. I was like, you know, like people are following me for my content, and I want to give them what they follow me for, rather than you know shoving these advertisements down their throat. Which is why, like, even even now, I I avoid advertisements. I try to make what I call indirect advertisements, which is interesting contents that are you know featuring some of the products oh, I'm yeah. promoting, or you know talking about products I'm talking uh, that I'm promoting into the posts I make. Um, so it it seems less of an ad, and people still get the entertainment value out of it. Yeah, yeah, I feel that. Uh, what's your Tumblr, by the way? Because I don't think um Asian. Oh, it's just Asian dot Tumblr dot com. Yeah, yeah. And the spelling is like how you normally spell Asian. Or? Yep. Okay. Normal. Okay. Um, so the out. site's offline right now because I ran into some problems. So you know, it's it, it doesn't show up right now. But okay, you know, it should be up soon. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, can I ask what were you doing? Uh, were you doing other businesses before the Meme Bible popped off? Yeah. Yeah. I run different e-commerce stores so i run um when i was 15 i started a apparel line called trendy co okay which is essentially a clothing store for um for tumblr artists to showcase their artwork on and to capitalize on their designs wow Um, you know anything that's trendy whatever's you know popping right now yeah put that on a t-shirt i'll print it for you i'll sell it for you yeah um so that's trendy co um, I started that when I was 15. Um, and then I started the social media marketing firm. And, and yeah, so essentially that I help different brands integrate their brand into Tumblr, into Twitter, into Instagram. And I help them promote their stuff, grow their brand um, presence, and help them gain influence over their audience. So so, um, so were all uh-huh. these ideas home runs? Like, you have you had any failed or ridiculous, ide- ridiculous ideas that completely flopped or failed? Um, well, like, anything that I would consider failed never really took off from the early stages because I think one of my biggest flaw is that I like to do too many things at once. Yeah. So. Um, oh yeah, that's an entrepreneur for you. Uh yeah yeah it's it's uh I you know like I told you I like fresh stuff every single time yeah. so I don't like to stay with the same stuff for a year so any brands that I will mention to you right now that I'm doing I probably won't be doing in three years. <laughs> um, so. What, what I consider fail is that anything that I didn't take off the initial stage mm-hmm. because it's not really about, you know, starting a business and failing. That's, I don't, I wouldn't consider that a failure, yeah. you know, um, anything that has a good idea that I didn't take on because of my own flaws, such as, you know, doing too much stuff at once yeah. or not paying close attention, not putting enough efforts. I think that's failure because that's failure on my own inherent flaws. Um, any business failures, like, you know, not reaching sales goals that's whatever because that's fairly that I can learn from and you know that's a good thing to me yeah wow that's a great answer. that's a great answer actually um let me ask you about the m the m the mlm that you talked about in the other interview had me laughing um mm-hmm. have, uh, as i think i'm a little bit older than you but i've had a lot of people try to hit me up about mlm offers for my life i think they have a nose for who's like entrepreneurial and they hit you with this whole 
whole thing where they don't even tell you what the what the what the product is until it's like until you're like <laughs> knee deep in a swimming pool full of, full of blood you know what i'm saying so oh yeah so uh and you said you like was like learning weird stuff about mlm do you want to speak on that or or yeah yeah definitely so um over the years i would say since i was 14 or 15 yeah. people have been coming up to me about MLM offers. I think my first one was um, when I was in Florida. I I was watching this YouTube video and someone was like, you know, counting cash in front of me. I was like, okay, that's cool. Count cash. That's, you know, just do your thing, girl. Yeah. Um, and then she's like, yeah, you know, I started making $9,000 a week doing this thing, stay at home, stay at home mom. And I do this thing called MCA and it's a car insurance company, like AAA. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, it's just like join, yeah. pay $49. Um, to join some member and then just sign people up and then you get um, and then you get forty dollars per sign up. Sounds good. You get you invest forty nine dollars and then you can make forty dollars for every sign up that you do. Um, sounds easy, but and you know it's really tempting for a fourteen year old. Yeah, for sure. At that time, I, I have no income, but I have forty dollars. So yeah, I was like, shit, I'll, I'll do it. <laughs> um, I got zero sign up. Uh yeah, for sure. <laughs> Yeah, I have a dis- um, I have I a thinking- big disdain for MLM stuff. So, oh yeah, I, you know, pe- people on my friend list even today on Facebook are trying to get me to do it. I was like, oh, are you god. serious? Come on, look oh, at this. Oh my god, I hate that um, stuff. But uh, as a friend, I I see the value in everything. So, MLM inherently, I I think is a bad thing, but there's a lot of things that you can learn from it. Yeah, that's like brilliant. I said, there's a lot of value that you can take from anything, even if it's bad. Um. The way that I see it is that yes, it's a bad business model. Yeah. But the marketing practices that you learn from it can be transferred into doing other things. So one example is the recruiting process um, that I mentioned in the Forbes article yeah. in, in my previous um, talk, is that when people recruit you into MLM um, groups, they're not trying to recruit you. Um, they're they don't brand it as a way that hey welcome to Herbalife or welcome to MCA welcome to Primerica they don't brand it like that they try to you know brand it as a great business opportunity um, the key the major key to a lifetime of wealth of you know no stress financial independence I think that's the words that they use the most financial independence yeah and that's a really attractive word yep, for exactly. a 14 year old yeah, uh, for anybody. For 24, 34, <laughs> yeah. Because anyone, as, since a teenager, you want to be financially independent from your parents. Yeah. When you're 24, when you're 34, you want to be financially independent from your, you know, your job. From the, you know, yeah, the job, from the bank, from the um, mortgage company, whatever. Mm-hmm. So that word, I think, was the most attractive um, word I've ever heard um, in a marketing um, recruitment. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so they start using these buzzwords and it works. It, it's cheesy, but it works. How, how have and you? How have you, you? Have you used any of these tactics in your in your businesses now? In your digital businesses? In your legit oh, yeah. businesses? Oh, yeah. Not not directly, but it's it's what we call content marketing. That's what they're doing. That that's the business term for it, content marketing. Content marketing, of course, everyone should know what yeah. that is. Yeah, you're not marketing the brand. Hey, um, I want you to buy this um, Icafina water. Instead of saying that, they say, I want you to check out this water that has 36 different um, vitamins and minerals, yeah. um, healing properties, can probably cure cancer. Um, they're 
they're trying to educate you about the product and trying to spread more information over product to you know attract your attention rather than trying to sell you the product directly yeah. and that's how they get you because people are curious I don't know if it's just nature is people are curious as to what benefits them um, and that's how you get people you want to get people's attention and want people to um, want the product themselves rather than trying to push the product down their throat okay okay let me put you on the spot now i got um i have a twitter account that's a parody account it has fifty thousand followers on it i got some i have some good people producers and stuff that helped it grow like actually mm-hmm. like in, that are in the music industry um the account is called rick ross quotes <laughs> check it out it's it's hilarious it's nothing rick ross said but it's all stuff that i imagine someone like him would say now i've had this account for about three four years now and I've never tried to monetize it or anything. Um, mm. How would you monetize something like that? Um, so these are parody accounts, as you said. They they are easy to monetize, but they are in a very saturated market in the yeah. sense that most people can just create a, uh, an account and really copy whatever you're saying and then mm-hmm. make it bigger. So it's... It's a risky business. It's not really stable. Yeah. But if you want to um, monetize it, there's different ways. You can go into like CPA networks, CPC networks. Uh, but these are just very little money. Through affiliate marketing type thing, and just yeah. So it you're you're preying on people that will click on the link and you know maybe read through the yeah. picture gap. It's like 20, 21 quotes that Rick Ross would say in picture form, and I want you to click through every single slides. Um, oh, and to yeah. get money off the impression of the ad. Is that yeah, so oh, okay. less people are doing it. And like e- even impressions, like I, I think I think your account impressions right now will be in like the thousands, high yeah, thousands. Yeah, it's maybe. a lot lower because when I look over the years, it keeps getting lower and lower. And I don't, I feel like Twitter is almost dying in a, in a sense. I, I don't know. Do you feel that? Um. Yeah, yeah. Over a year, definitely. I mean, if you've been here since 2001, I mean, not 2001, 2011, 2012, and you compare the activity of today to five years ago mm-hmm. you, you would see that there's a drastic dip I, I guess it depends on like what kind of niche of influencer you are but there's also accounts that are growing at a drastic rate you know people that are growing hundreds of thousands of followers every day um, yeah. that will say otherwise so well yeah, I guess it's a similar thing like I thought Tumblr was dead I thought people just go on Tumblr for porn because that's what I use it for and so <laughs> and so I thought it was completely dead but it's this thing where there's still attention there. There's still millions of people that use it. It may not be like a hundred billion people using it, but it's still, you know, a couple million that are using it, whatever the number is. Right. And you can still monetize that attention. And you clearly did with the meme Bible. Yeah. So it's really about understanding your audience and grasping where they're coming from. And, you know, if you're, if you're thinking about memes, you don't, Okay, some people think about Twitter, but Twitter is recycling memes from Tumblr. If yeah. you look at a lot of content that are produced on Twitter today, and, yeah, and Instagram it's as well. On Tumblr, right? Yeah, uh, I want to ask you one more thing. For Insta, do you have any thoughts on monetizing your Instagram? Because I see a lot of you know the whole social influencer game. Uh, it seems really difficult to get people to go off Instagram because there's no link link outs. Um, yeah, so. Instagram is really difficult because, you know, like you said, there's no native links in um, posts, so it's really hard to do direct sales. Mm-hmm. So my personal marketing tactic is to do um, direct sales on Twitter and Tumblr and then do brand um, 
brand building on Instagram. So Instagram is really about keeping the brand image up, um, keeping updated contents, yeah. and building the brand um, name on Instagram, and then translating that into making direct sales on Facebook, Twitter, and Tumblr. Because those are those are sites where you can directly um, sell to the consumers, whereas I guess Instagram is like the showcase. Yeah, it's like the tease, and then when people see your stuff, like people heard of your stuff on Instagram because they see the pictures. Yeah, and then they go on Twitter and then they see your stuff, and then they can actually click the link. They can actually see more details about it. Then they can actually buy the sales from there. So that's usually how I do um, the marketing tactics for my stores. Have you have you uh, paid for social influencers on Instagram and done done like the whole link in bio type thing? Um. I, I think I did that once or twice. I'm not sure because I, I don't run the advertisements now. I hire someone to do that. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Okay, uh, I think that's all we got for you today. Thank you so much, Jason, for talking to us. Yeah. For 30 so minutes, wow. This is the first episode of the Get Rich or Die podcast. Uh, and it's following Jason Wong's ethos of move fast and break things. So thank you for talking to us, Jason. Do you want to tell us where we can find you? Because you, you, you have some dope and hilarious <laughs> Twitter names and and handles so let us know them um yeah you can find me on twitter at um agro e-g-g-r-o-l-i um the the last l is actually an i so oh okay 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 (laughs) yeah um on my instagram is pug p-u-g um you can find me on those places okay dope and any anything else you want to shout out before you leave no, I'm good. I'm just trying to go back to sleep. <laughs> All right. Oh, yeah. And also, I forgot to point out, this guy's an entrepreneur who wakes up at, what, 11, 11 a.m. in the morning. <laughs> Maybe 1. Maybe 1 p.m. Maybe 1, depending on what night of what night it is. All right. So thank you. Thank yeah. you so much, Jason. Talk to you later. Take Bye. care now.